Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I'm happy that you guys are listening. I'm impressed at the amount of listeners we get, and we and we keep getting more every week. And uh, it's partially due to Gavin here, our producer, putting together <laughs> such a stellar sounding. I mean, thank you. Content-wise, you guys judge, but it sounds <laughs> great. Don't you guys think it sounds great? Thank you very much. Doing a good job there, Gavin. Yeah. Um, and just, I'd like to thank you guys for the iTunes reviews. I know we say that every every episode, but I'd like to read a couple real quick. This is from Seth Nor. This podcast is excellent for comedians at any stage. For newer comedians, it educates you on how to get started. More experienced comedians learn tips on how to make more money and how to fine-tune what you are currently doing. So thanks, Seth. I'm glad you're finding some value in this. Yeah. And another one here that just came in. I don't do stand-up yet, but Rick's podcast is chock full of information for anyone who's ever thought about getting up on that stage. What's life like for an MC? How do you tailor your material for an audience? How do you, can you make more money? Lots of great questions. Having Gavin at his sidekick is a great idea. Since Gavin Ooh. is a newbie doing stand-up, he tends to ask the questions we wish we could ask. Nice. Thanks for sharing. So thank you. That's from the Shadow Notes. Oh, this, this, <laughs> this person sounds sort of exactly like me, which is uh, I can't just rush into anything. Like I have to research it and get an education and figure almost every single thing about it before I go do it. And part of me doing that was taking the class. That was one of the things I found out, and that was super helpful. And uh, I wish the podcast had been out there for me, you know, but I'm, it's super great to be doing them. So there's tons of information either in the classes or in the podcasts. So keep well, listening. That's awesome. And, you know, I'm the same way. I listen to probably a year's worth of podcasts, just kind of listen to the different formats and different yeah. things to see what I would like to have in mind if I could find somebody <laughs> like a Gavin to help me put it together because it's. Imp- I think it's almost impossible as a one-person show. It sounds weird and creepy for just one person to be talking. It sounds like you're a little bit, you <laughs> yeah. know, talking to yourself thing. And it's also just hard to pull off. I mean, that would have to it be the is. only thing you do Yeah, because uh, it's a lot of uh, learning there. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. And another thing I want to kind of mention, I haven't mentioned much about it, but the online comedy writing class is up and it's running. Yes. I've got some students in there now that are having a lot of fun with it, and the feedback's been really good. So I feel like I've got the green light to let you guys know about it. Uh, you've heard a little bit on the, on the podcast, but I'm just going to give you a little summary of what it's like. And uh, if you guys are interested in learning how to write or write better or take what you've written and find out why it's not working and correct that, <laughs> it's all in this writing class, and it's it's funny. I've been doing the live writing class in Nashville for over 10 years. And that's and, the one I took. And that's the one yeah. Gavin took here. And I've tweaked it, and I've for every one of those 10 years, somebody out of state or out of country has emailed me and said, will you be coming to my area to do the class? <laughs> or you know, how many people would it take for you to come here and do it? Yeah. So I knew that other people would benefit from it, and it, I spent a, almost a year of putting this online class together. You were killing yourself. You, I mean, you worked so hard. It was three <laughs> it was to five hours a day anytime I wasn't already gigging or yeah. doing something else. So I had no free time. I, and I took off from watching the NFL for a year. I mean, all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff. And it's even bigger and more in-depth than the live class I teach. Yeah. The live class I teach, we meet three times for two hours, yeah. and we cover quite a bit in there. And there's homework assignments. 
but I knew I couldn't teach the online class the same way as I did the in-person class because yeah. you can't stop and ask her questions online as easily as you could right. in person. So I really made sure each video tutorial, and there's over 34 of them, yeah. um, you know, three to five, sometimes a little bit longer. There's a couple of 10 or 15-minute ones, but they're, they're bite-sized pieces with great examples examples from my previous students often yeah um, video clips of either me or previous students doing some things on stage so you can see that what i'm telling you actually works <laughs> links to comics on letterman and different shows that are using the techniques we're talking about in the class yeah there's quizzes at the end of each section to kind of make sure you didn't miss anything and there's different tiers of the class so if you just want to get in there and do it all yourself there's a version for that if you want some feedback from me there's a version and there's a limited space for people who want to take the class, get feedback, and also, you know, have access on the phone and call and, and meet up with me to go over very specific things. Right. And it's all money back guarantee. You can get in there and test it out if you don't like it. Yeah. No big deal. But it's up. It's running. It's fully functional. There's a, a ton of information in there. Yeah. And I will keep adding stuff to it as we go along. But I've, I've had good feedback from the students in there now, so I feel really good about just kind of putting it, it really out there. Is, yeah, it absolutely is a great course. Like I said, I took the uh, the, the live one, and uh, I'm probably going to sign up for the online one as well because I'm just starting out, and I need as much reinforcement as I can get. Well, it, I think you would like it, Gabby, because yeah. it's got, like I say, it's more in-depth, <laughs> and it's you know you have an option of doing it for 90 days, 180 days, 360 yeah. days, however long you need access to it. There's different things for that. So. Yeah. Uh, if you have questions specifically after checking that out, there's a tutorial that walks you through what the classes look like, and that's on the schooloflast.com website. You can go to online classes, that link. There's a little picture of a laptop, and you just click it, and it'll show you a YouTube video for about right. five or six minutes and kind of just walk you through what it looks like and what yeah. to expect. Um, but I just wanted to get that out there. I don't want to hammer you guys over the head with that, but it's <laughs> available to you, and it's it's I feel good about it. I don't feel bad about you promoting it. feel great I, about it. I spent a lot of time, <laughs> and it turned out, even better than I thought it would, even though there was there was times when I was doing it yeah. that I was like, oh my Does gosh, I can't get this thing done. Like it's, it was yeah. so massive, and I kept I kept making sure it had everything in place. Yeah. Does the um I saw the workbook you were working on. Does that come with the intro package? Yes. And a, okay, that is worth it. It's a book. Yeah, <laughs> it is serious. It's over 120 pages, that, and it's very specific. And yeah, information. Yeah, that is such good information because I saw a few pages from it, and it's like, oh my gosh, there's the keys. There's the keys to the kingdom. Yeah, and <laughs> like honestly, it. what took me so long is I kind of had all the video stuff shot yeah. and the ideas and the outlines. And then when I put together the workbook, I thought, you know what? If they're offline, I want them to have a, a, a resource they yeah. can take with them to the coffee house or yep. whatever and unplug and just look at the words, see more examples. Work through that thing. And work through it. Yeah. And so it's it's massive. The workbook itself may end up being a book later on. It I should, might do an e-book with that. It should be. I have lots. I think, because like I said, I'm the studier. So I think I have every single stand-up comedy book, you know, how-to and none of them give you the detail and the the step by step that this does. It, it's so good, so Thank so you. good. So. Yeah, and I kind of compared it up against some of the ones that are out there now. Yeah, and just as a person who wants to get into stand up, this has a lot more information. It yeah. just it just it does. just does. Yeah, you're and, right. Uh, it's all stuff that I learned throughout the years. So anyway, yeah, that's out there. I won't hammer it over the head, but I just <laughs> want to let you know because I forgot to announce that a few times ago. Yeah, that's great. And it's uh, it's 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 a resource that I know is going to help you guys if you like this podcast and the information you're getting. Uh, I, I think it's a no-brainer, but just it totally ch is. check it out or, yeah. ke or keep listening. There's lots of good information. Yeah, we got, yeah, and we got stuff some here. Definitely got some questions this week. Um, Far away are two quick questions, and then we're going to yeah. get into our topic today, yes. which is the second part of how do I get work at a comedy club. 
and we'll recap what we did in the first podcast it's a little bit yeah and then we'll get to the you can finally answer my question that i had from last week yes and don't forget that one. <laughs> it's been a week so uh the first question we got here is what does it mean to uh workshop a set okay i got this question and somebody heard the term i'm workshopping a set and they didn't really know what it meant and it is kind of a vague it's a weird odd term i imagine like acting workshops where you're like all doing weird things right. black clothes and <laughs> yeah. now go talk to a wall yeah exactly you're, you're a tree you are a red hot brick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a workshop in a set typically when i've heard it used means somebody is working on a specific set for a specific event Okay. Okay. We're gonna somebody's gonna do a Letterman spot or something. So they're gonna workshop their set and get it as tight as possible. Gotcha. They're gonna stop in, even though they might be headliners that have been headlining for ten years. They're gonna hit it every open mic in their local town. They might do seven in New York City. They might do whatever Jeez. it is, and get that set as tight as it can. So it's just second nature. Right. When they hit their spot. Okay. Uh, sometimes people workshop a set for a audition tape as well. Maybe it's not a TV spot yet, but they're trying to get on there. Yeah. They're going to workshop that set or tighten it up and get it as funny as possible. And by tighten it up, you mean just editing the words, editing the, the feel, yeah. just, but, but Ma- focusing and not going off and trying to do some other thing. You're just that three right. minutes or whatever that is. Yeah. Okay. Maximizing the last and eliminating okay. all the unnecessary. Yeah. And I, I think maybe it was you that mentioned that, that sometimes when they do like the, the, you know, tonight show or Letterman or whatever, that, uh, coming up to the person's performance the the uh, showrunner or whatever will actually go out with the comic and watch those <laughs> those sets to make sure they're on uh, they're on you know point yeah yeah uh, Eddie Brill who picks um, who used to pick the comics but now I think he still uh, works at works with the comics on getting their set tight right. for okay. the show and you know Andy who was on uh, two weeks ago Andy Hendrickson yes had done Letterman talked a little bit about that yeah, and we've got a episode. couple more guys that have done Letterman coming up in the next couple of months so you can yeah. get some uh, more insight into that process but yeah workshopping a set it might be that they're getting ready for a showcase you know where somebody from like the Aspen or HBO Comedy Festival is coming to town right. last comic standing or whatever yeah. and they're going to get that set as tight as they can for, so right. workshopping is just like you're out there chiseling away picture picture you in a workshop full of <laughs> words and smiles and laughs and on a just, very specific set on a very specific set yeah and, cool and so that's that's basically what that means. Yeah. The uh, the other question is, <laughs> I feel like I'm in this zone. <laughs> Have you ever written a joke that you thought would kill and it didn't even get a laugh? Absolutely. <laughs> and often. Yeah. Uh, less <laughs> often now because I kind of you know. You know. Well, it's I know that. It, here's what I know now that I didn't know when I first started. Yeah. Is I know what techniques I use to get a laugh. I know what I'm like on stage and what my audience is, even if they don't know who I am after five minutes, what they expect from me the next 55. Mm-hmm. And so I can write material that fits into that right. much quicker than when I first started. Yeah. But I can look at, and basically you can do this too since you've taken the, the class, you know that there's techniques. And if you write a joke or a bit or whatever you want to call it, and you look at it and there's no <sighs> misdirection, there's no other techniques that yeah. trigger laughs, and you can look at it and go, damn, I need to work on that before yeah. I get it out there. Live. Mine, yeah, my uh, handicap tends to be that I will have a page to a page and a half worth of material, and then I have to look through it to find, are there even any punchlines, or is this just, you know, me rambling? And so, yeah, the, those ones didn't get a laugh. Those ones didn't get a laugh. That was me thinking I was funny. Right, <laughs> right. So it's, you know, I definitely have written... 
you know, I'd throw out some examples, but they wouldn't be funny, would they? So, right, yeah. You know, you sit there and go, well, I don't know why he thought that was going to yeah. be good. Oh, that's the worst. You can't judge. I'll, I'll give you it's, an example. Okay. Uh, and this had a few elements in it that it should have, it could have worked. Right. But I just haven't found the right. And this is one I'm, I'll still maybe work on. It's, it's pretty lame, though, I think. Um, I, I wanted to write a joke around the fact that my <laughs> wife was buying an amount of groceries for the house based on how many grocery bags, the plastic Kroger <laughs> bags, that she would need to line the garbage cans in her house. Right. So she would always buy at least four bags of groceries because we had four, four little garbage cans in the different yeah. bathrooms or whatever that she was going to use those yeah. <laughs> for the, the liners in. And so I'd written this thing, and I had it all figured out. You know, this is I thought kill the grocery community. <laughs> and yeah, it's got up there, and they couldn't even get the concept of what I was trying to oh, say. Oh no! And so it had the elements in the punchline, right? But I hadn't gone back and tightened up the premise, right? And we will talk down the road about the the key elements of a joke, and one that comics really rushed past because they're so excited to get to the punchline. Mm-hmm. Even me at this stage, that I don't often enough go back and look at my premise the idea that sets up the joke and make sure that it's completely 100% understandable right. by the audience. Yeah. And so that's what I will do with that joke, go back and rewrite it until it gets good and then throw it on the next CD. Yeah. I sort of had I sort of had one too. I, I think I've told it to you before, but it was uh, the one that didn't get a laugh, which was um, that uh, Lego had come out with uh, some new sets of Legos to uh, commemorate women in science. Each box comes with its own glass ceiling. And... I thought, oh, it's such a good joke. It's so good. It's like Legos. It's like, you know, women's rights. All those. It has all those things. But the people didn't know what a glass ceiling was. So the punchline didn't hit. And right, then I was right. like, oh, okay. So now I'm having to, like, work on, like, making that, I guess, with a reference that more people understand, you know? Cause right. Well, here's the thing, just too. just was out of date, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, a glass ceiling. Since since <laughs> most glass ceilings now, and if you don't know what the term is, I mean, some people listen. Yeah, it was the invisible ceiling that women couldn't pass to get to the higher levels in companies and organizations. Right. And for the most part, and I'm I'm sure there still needs to be work done on that. But that's not as a big of an issue now as it was back in the '70s right. when that term came around. It was around. a huge thing. Yeah. It was a huge thing, and now there's tons of great leaders that are females for sure and all yeah. kinds of different groups but back then it was kind of an old boys club right for the most part you know so the term isn't as familiar but what you could do with that joke gavin is make that line a tagline after the first two laughs that you get right okay you know, go ahead and rewrite and get a better punch the first line. part and then i would say flip it and say and it's missing a glass you know right and they've had to do a recall because it's missing a glass, glass ceiling. ceiling right okay or make a glass ceiling more of a you know, a funny thing as opposed to it comes with a glass ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Which they would not put in a science set that yeah. celebrates women because there would not be a right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and this set comes without a glass ceiling. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All That's, the buildings come without a glass ceiling. Yeah. All the rooms, you know. It's less misogynistic that way. A lot more. We're, <laughs> every episode, I just yeah. try to save your marriage. I know. It's, yeah. <laughs> Well, good questions. Keep yeah. sending those in. Schooloflast at gmail.com. We'll take your questions. Once again, you can hit the website and leave a voicemail question for us right there on the podcast blog page at the very top before you scroll through any of the other episodes or po- uh, any of the other posts. Right there, it says send Rick a voicemail. Cool. Keep it to 90 seconds or less or whatever it tells you on there, and we'll get them on the air. Yeah. I can't wait for those to kick in. Yeah. All right. So this is our second part of an episode titled loosely how to get work at a comedy club how to move from being the open micer to a paid performer right at a club which is the let's just face it there's a million people or more yeah. millions that can do two or three minutes at an open mic or five and ten minutes at open mic right 
but that pyramid that's so <laughs> wide at the bottom with open mics that to the top it's is your HBO tall. special is a, a long bunch of, yeah. of requirements to get up there. So that first step really is getting paid at a club so you can see some return on your investment of time. Comedy, more than any other thing I can think of, you have to spend so much time just getting it going. Yeah. I mean, any other job, somebody's going to hire you and give you a chance to succeed or fail, and they'll know after the first couple of weeks if you're good at it. Right. Comedy, gosh, it could take years. Yeah. It really can take yeah. years. So the frustration of not getting paid for it, if you're in a relationship or you're married, <laughs> the frustration from that person who believes in you, but it also the clock is ticking. Yeah. Uh, you know, they might be waiting for you to give up comedy before they're going to settle down with you. <laughs> they might be waiting for you to hit it before they settle down with yeah. you. Uh, whatever it might be, there's some pressure there. There's definitely pressure to kind of finally show them, hey, I'm earning some money from this. Oh, yeah. Well, it's great to sit down with my wife's parents and be like, you know, so I have this job. And then I'm thinking about um, maybe moving into stand-up comedy. And it's like just crickets. <laughs> yeah, the crickets, crickets are even committing suicide. Like, <gasps> oh, the God. crickets are like, I'm going to hold our – let's hold our chirps. I want to hear what she says about this. Yeah. So I've, I just lived that yesterday. It was great. Yeah. It's, but, it's, it's a strange thing. The excitement behind – Performing is so infectious and, and so contagious yeah. that you want to share that with everybody you bump into. Yeah. But they're going to say, when are you going to be at the club? Ah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. So here's here's the steps that are going to get you there yeah. and what to do if you don't have the requirements in each step. So to recap the last episode, and definitely you can go back and listen to it if you haven't got to that one yet. Listen to that one before this one. Go ahead and pause this and yeah. go back. <laughs> but for those of you did, I'll just do a quick recap. You know, the first thing you want to know is that you, you have the basic skills. You're dependable, consistent, and professional every time you get into the club. Mm-hmm. You want to hit the open mics at the club with tried and true material that you've done outside the club. Right. At these open mics at bars and restaurants and coffee houses. You want to know that you're unique and you're bringing something different to the table okay. that these clubs don't have in their stable of comedians. I mean, there are many comedians that, that are working at clubs even the ones that are, are working for weeks that are still just working for a couple of beers and a sandwich right i mean it's 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 the reality so do you stand out from them so that the club's willing to maybe pay you over somebody that they're getting work for free yeah i mean that's even a consideration right now the other thing we talked about was having enough time to really get on stage and mm-hmm. and destroy yeah and so in an mc situation i recommend you have at least 20 to 25 maybe even 30 minutes of solid material <laughs> Before you go in there and, and, and get the 10-minute spot right? so that you have more than you need because there's different types of crowds that come in. You're going to need to alter your material yeah. and be prepared. So all that stuff, along with being flexible and checking your ego at the door. Okay. Now I'm going to add those into this week, all right? <laughs> you need to be flexible many times. Let's say you've done the open mics a few times. Yeah. They've even asked you to come in on a regular show night and do a, a showcase set, which is five to seven minutes. Right. You were wondering, Gavin... Yeah. Are the other comics on the show, do they like that, hate that, how they Ex- feel about yes, it? Yes, because there is, like we've said, you know, a certain amount of time that the show is. And if you're adding a comic in, who does that take away from? Do they not like that? That was... Right. So the reason I like that question and that I'm glad you threw it in there, because when you get that five or seven minutes showcase spot, yeah, okay, you should first off, after you thank the manager uh-huh. or whoever got you in there... Go thank the other comics on the show for allowing you to jump in, even though it really okay. wasn't their decision. Right. Sometimes the headliner does have a call on that. Oh, I'm sure, know? yeah. Uh, but other times the manager says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a look at this mm-hmm. guy. Do you guys mind? What are you going to say? Right. Too late, right? <laughs> so let the headliner know, hey, I appreciate you letting me do some time on, on the show. Say the same thing to the feature act. And then get with the MC and get that introduction. 
Oh, yeah, yep, yep. And, and we talked about that. Yes. You can scroll back and, and check out that episode about intros and bios and comedy no-nos and all yeah. those things. <laughs> but you give a, a nice, short, humble introduction yeah. to the MC of the show. So when they bring you out to do your five- to seven-minute spot, that they got what they need, and you, you're looking like – you, you want to blend in as a pro because you're in a right. pro show. yeah. So you want to have a nice introduction. So this guy just got through working on cars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, put something together that's going to work yeah. for him. But you definitely want to be – aware that you're taking up time right. or extending the length of the time of the show and the headliner is usually the most affected because they're the last person on because they're so the they're last gonna, person yeah. on the show and anything you know when i was headlining the clubs along you know i did that for quite a few years don't do as much of it now but i was always aware that the longer it takes before i get on stage the more the alcohol kicks in uh-huh. or the tired factor kicks in if it's the, the second show friday it's really tough because people worked all week right so the, if, if I was going to go up 20 minutes later than I would have, it's going to affect my show. Yeah. And I have to be prepared for that. Yeah. You know, so uh, every comic is going to feel different about it. Towards the end of when I was headlining, and, and if you haven't listened to all the other ones, I do corporate events now, so I'm usually just my own guy. Yeah. But when I was in the clubs all the time, I would really encourage as many guest sets as, as they wanted because I got – I had fun watching New Blood come into the right. clubs. Spice it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm such a solo guy now that the more people I can work with – it's, it's, it makes it so much more fun. Lots, sure. lots of my gigs, I get done, I go drive back to the hotel, and <laughs> my wife's already in bed at, at home. You know, I can't even text her and tell her it went good. It's, yeah. just, it's just me. <laughs> so when I was in the clubs towards the end there, I'd really like to see other other comics as much as love, possible. Yeah. And I'd make those comics feel as welcome as I could. And, you sure. Know, they'd always usually be really Don't nice Don't screw about this it. up or it's over. No. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to be aware they're bringing, hopefully, their A game. Yeah. And that's what I'm challenging you guys to do. Be super ready and pick your absolute best yeah. five to seven minutes. And come in there and just own the stage. Yeah. Be respectful of the, the show and, and everybody that's on it. But do a killer job. Yeah. And then turn it back over to the MC. Hit the green room. And if things went really well and the manager was in the room and got to see you, they might ask you to come back and do that again a few yeah. times. And they're like, hey, you look like a pro up there. Well, in a few weeks, why don't you come in back and do it on another Thursday night or a Sunday right. night? And we'll see how you do. And they may repeat that process five 10, who knows how That's many times. That's what I was going to ask. Like, how many times, you know, are well, you doing that? The thing, it, it, it can vary. I mean, it really can vary. You could do it for a year. Oh, okay. Still. Yeah. Or it might be very quickly after they see that first set, they're like, okay, yeah, you hold up pretty good in a pro show. Yeah. Because a lot of it is, do you do you look like a pro? And that, yeah. that goes down, guys, from dressing sharp. Right. From, you know, all those Just things. Everything, yeah. And looking professional and, and how you treat everybody. All those things we've already talked about. But do you look like you can play with the pros? Yeah. Because listen... Me and Gavin can go throw a football out in the parking lot. <laughs> Kids in third grade yeah. you know, are on peewee leagues that are knocking each other's blocks off. Yeah. They can play the game, but can they play it in the NFL? Yeah. Can me and Gavin even get – we couldn't get through – we can get in on the sideline without yeah. an old security guy beating us up. Yeah. So blending in with a professional team, a professional comic show – is the next step for yeah. you, for you guys listening that aren't there yet? And a lot of that's confidence and it's confidence and competence. Yeah. It's really knowing what you're doing and not just winging it and see what's working. Yes. So let's say that the manager asks you back a few different times and they like what they see, they're going to be looking for an opportunity to go ahead and give you an MC week right. or at least an MC night. Yeah. You know, maybe the club did have a open mic that was hosted by a local headliner or feature act. Uh-huh. That might be their first chance to give you a 15 minute opening spot. Okay. Okay. You should do great after a good MC has warmed up a crowd. So that showcase spot can be a little, eh, you don't know. Right. Can you do great opening the show with 10 or 15 minutes? Yeah. 
and they're going to watch. Are you really good at bringing the other comics on stage? Are you good at doing the announcements? Yeah. I mean, the announcements <laughs> seem like such a minute thing to us, but it's a huge thing to the crowd to get those announcements correct. It's hard, and it's not your material. It's something probably somebody else handed you, and you've got to you know either remember it or read it from a card or whatever, and it's a different thing. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll do a whole episode. Yeah, and I know I say that a lot, but we've got we've <laughs> got the rest so of our lives. So many episodes people. we need to do. But I want to dedicate a whole one to just the MC spot itself. Yeah. But they're going to be looking to see if you do those things and treat those things with respect, like a normal MC would. Right. And keep the show moving correctly. You know, sometimes in an open mic, let's be honest, maybe the fourth or fifth comic up, ah, eh, they. Not that good. Yeah. Just the set didn't go that good. Maybe they're great, but that set was bad or whatever. It's the MC's job to kind of get the room back, make sure they're focused and ready for the next comedian. Yeah. So if you can do that, say say the club does give you the, the hosting spot of the open mic night, and you keep that show running good, you got 7, 10, 15 comics on it, they're going to notice. Oh, yeah. Because you, if the comics failed, you bring the crowd back. If they rocked, you just hand the baton to the next comic as yeah. quickly as you can. <laughs> There's things you do to make a show run well. And they're going to notice that, and that's the kind of person they want to invite back for an entire week. Yeah. And so let's say they do that. You get your MC week. They go, okay, we finally got a chance to bring you in. Yeah. Uh, they may just ask you that first week. Can You know, just keep it to 10 minutes. Right. 10 minutes plus the announcement, that's all we're asking from you. Don't ask them, can I do 15? Say, yes, sir, how high can I jump? Yeah. I'll be happy to do 10 minutes. You know why? Because now you can pick your best 10. Right, yeah. It's probably better than your best 15. Killer 10 as opposed to an okay 15. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just listen. Do what they say. Check the ego at the door. I'll be happy to do 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, if you need me to change up any time this week, just let me know. Yeah. And then you do all the things you do to make the crowd work as a unit to introduce the, the comics and make the show flow. Yeah. The pressure on you as an MC, it's twofold. There's no pressure because people say he's the first guy up. He's probably not that good. He's new. Right. But the pressure really is you're the first person up. You've yeah. got to run the show. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is like, you know, you've got individual comics, but really you're running the show. And it, it's sometimes hard to remember that it is a show that you're presenting to people. And so you're the one that's doing the presenting, you know, of these people, even of the headliner. You're saying, here he is, you know. And if you're running that badly, you're not presenting them well, you know. Right. And yeah, think of yourself as a, at a high-end jewelry store. They've got the one person that welcomes people as soon as they walk in. Yeah. That's kind of what you are, even if you're at a B room or a C room right. or wherever you're at. Just think of yourself in that position. You know, I think back uh, – I think it was from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but one of the best quotes <laughs> that I remember from that was the guy. He goes, uh, wherever I'm at, that's the place to be. Yeah. Think of that. When you're on stage, even if it's the dive or a dump, if it's the open mic or a club that's not right. really well, pretend that it's the place to be. Yeah. I used to, when I emceed, I used to hit the stage going, welcome out, everybody, to whatever club we're at. Uh, I want you guys to know this is the 25th night in a row we've had a sold-out <laughs> show here at Joe's right. Joke Shack. Even yeah. if they've never had anybody there in the past. <laughs> but it's like to give the crowd, like, we made a good decision. Yeah. Make them feel like, like oh, they made a good decision. something here. Yeah. So when you get, get to work at the club, do all those things right. And after your first week of emceeing, eventually you'll get called into the manager's office to get paid. Go. Oh, paid. Paid's yeah, good. That's what we're talking about. Paid's good. To get paid. And hopefully, I mean, some clubs will try to get you just a few drinks and a sandwich, and that's your pay. But yeah. we're talking about the club paying you. When they sit down with you, you know, sometimes they're really quick about it. Here's an envelope. Yeah. And here's what I want you guys to do. Count the money in front of the manager. Really? 
Yeah. Does that sound wrong? It sounds a little weird, doesn't it? It does. It sounds like a little shady. <laughs> Trust me. The headliner and the feature act took the money out of the envelope, uh, signed the check right back. Usually what they do is they give you a check, you sign the back of it, then they give you the cash right there. Right. Always take the cash. Cash yeah. doesn't bounce. Check might bounce. Cash doesn't bounce. So sign the back of the check, count the money in front of them slowly and out loud. And if there's, if it's wrong, count it again. Throw it over the desk. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> I'm never working this club. I try to get work at for six years again. Yeah. And just say, oh, I think it's off by 20. Yeah. You know, and it might be. Yeah. They, I've had club owners test me by putting the wrong amount in. Uh, under and over to see oh, if I'm honest. Wow. Okay? And to see w- what my level of, of uh, professionalism yeah. was, I guess. If it was under and I walked out and didn't come back, they know they could push me around. Right. If it was over and I came back, they knew I was honest. Yeah. And sometimes, two of the three times when I first emceed, in the first year, I got overpaid. Uh-huh. And it was a $50 tip or a $75 tip for keeping right. the show rolling. Gotcha. He did a good job this week. Better than we expected. Here's an extra 50 Yeah. If I'd walked out of the room... Either case, uh-huh. and not counting my money, and came back and said the first thing, "Hey, it's twenty dollars short." I don't, I, I didn't see you count it, so I'm not sure. What, right. What prevented you from putting twenty in your pocket? Yeah. Now you ask, so you've lost the credibility to ask to be paid Good correctly. Point. And if you walk out, get home, then you count your money and you see the fifty dollars. You're like, <laughs> yeah. And you you can try to call the club at two in the morning. Yeah. On Sunday after you drive four hours, you're not. You're not going to forget it, and they're not going to get thanked for tipping you yeah always count the money i've seen i have actually seen that uh, now that i'm thinking back i i went over to the improv in dc uh, years and years ago and i saw actually dave attell getting paid i they invited me back in the office and i was just sort of hanging out dave came in and said hey just picking up my check and handed them the check he sat down in the chair pulled the thing out like you know that, so I actually remember that happening. That was <laughs> yeah. It seems like a mobster kind of weird. It does but because in very few other occupations, do you get paid in cash or, or get paid yeah by the boss hand to hand? Right. It's pretty rare. You, you just pop in and get your check or it it's felt direct weird. deposit. When I was there. I was like, oh hey, there. That's kind of <laughs> this is the what's deal. going on right now. It's going down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you want to always count your money in front yeah. of the person. They're never going to be offended. Yeah. If they are, it's the first time they've ever paid anybody because they don't know the deal. Right. But they want you to count it. They want to make sure it's right. And what I would always do is when I was, hey, it's right, thank you very much, shake their hand, I would just casually say, well, there's two questions you can ask. Uh-huh. You don't want to ask too many questions because you're the new guy, but right. two questions you can ask. One, is there anything I did this week that you didn't like that if I came back, you would like to see me correct? Huh. Do you know how many comics actually ask that question? <laughs> just a handful. Not a, not a lot, I bet. <laughs> so they're going to actually stop and go, you know what, there's one thing you were doing. Yeah. One thing you were doing, eee. If you don't do that, I think you'd be better off. Right. And that's going to help you not only the next time you come back to that club, but any other club you work at. Yeah. There might be one thing you're doing that's driving them crazy, but they just forget about telling you or that you never ask, so they don't even tell you. Yeah. And then I would always say, also, uh, is there a good time for me to contact you about getting the next, you know. Right. If, if I felt it went well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next time, you know, is there, when should I holler at you about maybe coming right. back? Right. And sometimes they would get out the book right then and say, what about in six months? I'll just put it down. Ding. Yes. Other times they go, give me a call in about six months and we'll figure it out. Oh, okay. That's not... That's, that's not, not bad. Oh, that's not bad. No, okay, some people so six just, months isn't bad. Yeah, some that's people not bad. Okay. They want to know who their headliners I and features are. I thought that was bad. Are. That felt bad for a minute. <laughs> no, no. If they say that and they never take your call, then it's okay. bad. Okay, all right. But a lot of times they don't have... Most clubs don't have six months out planned. Okay. They have a sketch of an idea of who the comics are coming in, but they're going to take the hot comic coming through town over the 
the, the local guy that could sure. have, you know. So they're going to know who their headliners and features are before they pick their MCs. Okay. Now, I know, like, in some of the other stuff in the corporate things, when you did a show, you know, a day later or two days later, whatever, you'd send an email, say, hey, thanks, had a great time. Would you do that, too, or is, does that seem like pestering them? No, I, actually, when I do my corporate events now, too, I, I usually ask them, okay. is there anything – well, there's such a pre-event questionnaire process that right. I usually get out of the system anything that they don't want. Okay. But if there was an awkward moment or something was weird or the yeah. night didn't go the way we thought it did, or, you know, occasionally that'll happen. I'll just say, you know, what could have made tonight better? Yeah. <laughs> and they might say, well, I know this has exceeded our expectations. Oh, good. Okay. Or they might go, well, you know, the guy in the front row is our boss. When you talk to oh, him, it kind of, oh, yeah. you should have told me. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I ask those Thanks questions so I know up, where he's lady. at. <laughs> so, but, and then for me, I, it's a rare that I ask back to come back. Right. But I do several days later send a little questionnaire back and one of the questions is are there other groups that you could recommend me to okay. if so could you list three contact names yeah so we can get into some details on that on a future podcast yeah. but there are follow-up questions with every gig you do okay um sometimes you can just feel the vibe of the room the, the manager wants you out of there he wants to close up shop or she wants to close up shop and it's t- already two in the morning right so you, you just have to know when to ask and when yeah. not but they will be more than happy usually to tell you <laughs> something that you can fix to make Everybody their show be, look better. Everybody likes being asked their opinion. <laughs> yeah. And then if you still want more information and the headliner or the feature act is around, you can ask them too. Okay. I mean, you're building slowly building a network of other comics to work with. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's basically the process, and that is for your home club. Yeah. So I want to talk a few minutes about clubs that aren't your home. <laughs> the scary right? ones, right? Well, scarier yeah. in a way that you don't know the feel of the club. Yeah. All these different things. And it's it's going to be harder to get into a club. Yeah. It's funny. It's harder to get into a club that's not in your hometown because you don't have the access. Right. But usually, and I'd say many, many times I've talked to other comics, and it was true for me, clubs outside of your hometown club moved you up the ladder faster. Yes. It works the same because I play in different bands and uh-huh. stuff musician-wise. It's so much easier to play outside of your hometown because it's like, oh no, the real the rock stars are here. Yeah, it's like you yeah. know, yeah. at your hometown, it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I've watched you go through puberty. You like, you right. know, <laughs> right? So it is a little different. Uh, but getting into those clubs that aren't your own, a little bit differently. Uh, first, you've got to find that connection. Yeah, you know, and it may be that they have an open mic night, and even though it might be two or three hours away, you know, when I first started, I lived in Columbus, Ohio. I was two or three hours away from Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, yeah. Youngstown, Toledo, Indianapolis, Dayton. Uh-huh. You know, five or six at least that I could drive to. And after work on a Friday when I still have a job, speeding tickets a lot that those first couple of years. <laughs> but I would drive the two hours, go up there on a Tuesday night or whatever and do their open mic. Mm-hmm. But I would go with material that was already pretty well crafted, yeah. you know, and do that. If they asked me to come back, usually if you they would have contests. So right. if I won the open mic night contest, you got to come back the next week and do a spot. Okay. Uh, if you didn't win it, they would still say, "Hey, come back in two or three weeks." Yeah. Some of those clubs had a very specific time of the month that you would call and try to get the spots. Huh. So if you've never been to a club before, what you're going to want to start doing, you know, let's say you just finished your MC week at your home club. Right. Let's say the headliner at, that was on that show is in Indianapolis. That's uh-huh. where he lives. So a question you might want to ask during the week, probably at the end of the week, once they've seen your sets a few times, <laughs> is, hey, what is the process for getting work at your club? Let's say the Indianapolis oh, right. Funniest Joke Club, whatever, right? Yeah. And they're going to either say, A, 
forget it's, about it. <laughs> it's impossible to get in. <laughs> right. that, that means you're not ready. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing you a favor, buddy. Yeah. Gavin, you'd, it's, it's impossible. Not, it's, yeah. Or they're going to say, I believe on the first Tuesday of the month, you call to get on their open mic list. Yeah. And they look at, they actually watch the open micers and they pick their MCs out of that. Yeah. Or you might say, uh, you know what, just give them a call like on a Wednesday afternoon, ask for so-and-so. That's a really good. Yeah, it happens sometimes. And and tell them that I said, you know, I did, you did a good job in in Nashville for All me. Right. And I'd, I wouldn't mind you working with me next time I'm doing the home club. Yeah, cool. What gig are we doing? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's like the best and worst, right? No, right. You're not, yeah. it's impossible. Or A, how about the next time I'm... Yeah, you were so easy to get along with. Yeah. And, and realistically, sometimes it does happen. Uh, a lot of it happens with how you were off stage. Right. If you weren't a pest in the green room. Mm-hmm. Listen, even though you, you, you're you okay to hang out in the green room as the MC, you still want to watch the headliner set instead of sitting there talking to the feature the whole time. Yeah. And you want to watch the feature set. Good piece of advice. You know what I mean? You yeah. might have a tag you could throw at them, a tagline or something you see in their set. But you want to know who they are. Yeah. If you're backstage talking to them, that's one way, but you really want to see their set, too. Gotcha. If a headliner, if I was a headliner club and I saw you watching my set intently, and then you're also cool in the green room, and you offered to, hey, drive me to somewhere, right. or, or take me to a local eatery, all yeah. those things that are off stage, I would be more likely to have you come to my home club. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, and let you start building your network there. Yeah. And so the headliner's the best guy to get you in the club. Sometimes a feature act will also... So, and you, sometimes it features even a better person because they're still closer to that process of getting in uh-huh. at that at their local club. Yeah, they just finally they know got the, in there. They know the manager's name. They know the waiters and waitresses. They, yeah, they're still working. Yeah, yeah, and they're not on the road maybe fifty-two weeks a year right. like a headliner might be. <laughs> so they know what the club's like and they've got the pulse better. Right. So every comic you work a pro show with, or even these open mics, you'll have comics come in from out of town doing open mics in, in your town. That's true. Yeah, I've seen that they're here. Watch them. Be nice to them. And, and if you're at the level where you think you can get some MC work, just, right. just ask them what the process is for getting stage time in their city. Mm-hmm. Keep a little journal. Evernote, we talked about yes. several episodes. Again, is great for that. Yes. I mean, as soon as that person walked away, type in their name, mm-hmm. what their home club was, and who they said the manager was, and start your little database of who is where yeah. and how to contact. And eventually, you'll start getting... Your region, yeah, <laughs> you know your, your local club, the other clubs in your state, maybe just outside of your state, and you start building up a regional following, right? Which is the best possible scenario because you're not killing yourself on gas money and days down traveling, right? And then you kind of piggyback it and get more work out all over the country. Yeah. But that's your first steps, really, is get back, do the home club network, find out the, how you get to work in their clubs, yeah, and follow through on it. The worst thing that can happen is they say, hey. Call Joe on Wednesday and tell him I said you did a great job for me. And you don't call Joe, and they actually, the headliner actually said, hey, Joe, this guy's going to be calling you Wednesday yeah. looking for work. Answer his call. And you don't call. I've seen this. You're not professional. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first thing. Do be what you say you're going to do. Yeah. And say you do call the club and Joe doesn't take your call, don't hound a million times. <laughs> You know, not maybe like call the back the next one. You're trying to get yeah. back with Joe. Come on, call me. It's, Don't be I've changed. I've changed. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right now. There's too many comics calling for too few spots, so you don't want to be yeah. the comic they don't know. You don't want to be the comic they've never met before, and all of a sudden they've got 15 messages from you. Yeah, they're never going to take the call then. Right. So it's building those t- true relationships, and ideally you pop into those clubs before you even try to get work yeah i mean if it's possible i would go to you know i would drive from columbus to indianapolis to see some of my friends performing when they were in seeing uh-huh. and i'd hang out with my friends 
and the manager would come over and say, "Hey, I mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm, I'm another comic from Columbus. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, try to you know contact us here and get the show. Then they're not going to offer opportunities if you're not there. Right. Yeah. So then that also brings you back to one point when you're hanging out at your own club in your own town. Say you go to see a, a, a headlining show and you're not on it. Yeah. Dress ready to be on stage. <laughs> Always yeah. dress ready to be on stage whenever you're at the club. And when you're not at the club, keep a set of stage clothes in your car. Right. Because a lot of times, once they've got to know you as the guy that can MC on a drop of a dime, they're going to start calling you. Or you might be at the club and the MC's not there yet. Yeah. Or the headliners, you know, I'm not feeling it tonight. I'm sick. And they might say, dude, hey, would you mind doing a five-minute spot? Helping out the show in that way. Yeah, I'll be there in 10. Let's go. Always be ready <laughs> yeah. when you're at the club. Always be out of the way. Always be professional and, and be dressed ready to go. Yeah. And more opportunities than you believe will present themselves. Yeah, that's very true. Very, and, very true. And it's it's really nice when they're doing the asking and you're not doing the asking. Yeah. And it feels better too, right? Yeah. I mean, one of the things I like about where I'm at with my comedy now is I, I'm taking calls. I don't have to make... T- Really, honestly, I haven't made too many calls in the past couple of years to kind of get work. Right. I mean, they might contact me and I have to call them back. Yeah. But the calls are coming in now, and I love that. Yeah. And I know how hard it is when you first start to make those calls. It's, yeah. It's just scary. You're asking. You don't know. <laughs> you feel like you're begging. You know you're a pest in some way. Yeah. But you have to, it's much better if you're there. Yeah. Can I get that. on your stage and talk about myself for four <laughs> minutes? Yeah. You know. <laughs> I want my whole life to revolve around me. Yeah. Can you make that happen yeah. for me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty simple stuff, uh, but I just want to really emphasize being more prepared than you think you should be, and that's when you might be ready. Yeah, and if, that includes professionalism. Yeah, if you're really stretching to even cover 10 minutes, don't even worry about trying to get an MC week at the club. Yeah. That's not where you're going to be cutting your teeth on developing your first 10 minutes. The worst thing is is that you get the spot out of some freak thing, and you show up and you don't do well. It's going to take you know, years if you ever get, get another that chance. back, yeah. So... You know, if you've tried this before, say you've been at this for a few years and you're just not getting asked, go back to the last podcast and see if you're ready. Really go back and see yeah. what you're missing. Yeah. Because managers, club bookers, they want good products. Mm-hmm. They're not going to look at, at Gavin. If Gavin's killing, they're not going to go, that guy's great. He should never work our room. <laughs> they're going to find a place for you. Yeah. So make sure you stand out. Make sure you're a pro and always be ready. Yeah. Does that make That's sense? Awesome. That sounds good. Cool. Well, I hope that helped out. I hope it wasn't intimidating or sounded like I threw up a million road barriers. I got, no, it's good info. I got an email from a fellow named Larry recently. <laughs> He's like, if you're trying to make me quit thinking about even doing this as a career, you're succeeding. This sounds harder than anything in the world. No. I just want you to know it's complex, and there's a reason there's only a few guys that make it, a few ladies that make it. It's because yeah. it's, it's a lot of steps to get through, and you have to be the – you have to want to make this happen more than anybody else. Right. And if you do all the things right, people will find you. But And the steps aren't impossible. No, and they're baby they're steps. Not, Everything's yeah. a baby step. It's, it is so little. It's not like you have to go open Madison Square Garden, you know, in a week. You're no. not – it's not that. You just got to go and do it. Go do just it. go do it. Fail fast when no one's looking. Yes. When you get to success, then take it to the comedy club and try to get to work. Yeah. And listen, there will be clubs, even when you're doing a great job, you might be headlining places, and some clubs won't even feature you. Yeah move on yeah don't bang your heads against the wall don't <laughs> keep being a pest of that club whatever find other clubs yeah create your own opportunities because there's always gonna be a few clubs and usually gonna be really close to where you where you can get to or you've got a best friend in that town you would just love right to go to that town <laughs> and they just never book you yeah don't worry about let it, it go yeah there's a lot more out there yeah 
So I hope, hopefully that helps. Yeah. Uh, once again, appreciate you guys listening. Welcome any questions or comments by hitting the schooloflast.com website, and you can go right on there and ask us a voicemail question. We'll get it into the show as soon as in, as we can and as best as it fits. Yeah. Hey, Gavin, you have a good afternoon <laughs> on this nice, cool fall evening. Yes. And uh, I hope uh, your airport runs are good today. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.